0: chapter 27 of the scalp hunters this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by dion jones salt lake city utah the scalp hunters by thomas main reed chapter 27 the diggers our first impulse was to rush down the ravine satisfy our thirst at the spring and our hunger on the half polished bones that were strewn over the prairie prudence however restrained us wait till they're clear gone said garry they'll be out of sight in three skips of a goat yes stay where we are a bit added another some of them may ride back something may be forgotten this was not improbable and in spite of the promptings of our appetites we resolved to remain a little longer in the defile we descended straightway into the thicket to make preparations for moving to saddle our horses and take off their mufflings, which by this time had nearly blinded them. Poor brutes! They seemed to know what relief was at hand. While we were engaged in these operations, our vidette was kept at the top of the hill to watch both bands, and warn us when their heads should sink to the prairie level. "'I wonder why the Navajos have gone by the Ojo de Vaca,' remarked our chief, with an apparent anxiety in his manner." "'It is well our comrades did not remain there. "'They'll be tired a waitin' on us, where they are,' rejoined Garry, "'unless Blacktail's is plentier among them mesquites than I think for.' "'Vaya!' exclaimed Sanchez. "'They may thank the Santissima. "'They were not in our company. "'I'm spent to a skeleton. "'Mira, caray! "'Our horses were at length bridled and saddled, "'and our lassos coiled up. "'Still the vedette had not warned us.' "'We grew every moment more impatient. "'Come,' cried one. "'Hang it. "'They're far enough now. "'They're not a-goin to be gappin' back all the way. "'They're lookin' ahead, I'm bound.' "'Golly, there's fine shines afore em. "'We could resist no longer.' "'We called out to the vedette. "'He could just see the heads of the hindmost.' "'That will do,' cried Seguin. "'Come, take your horses.' "'The men obeyed with alacrity.' and we all moved down the ravine, leading our animals. We pressed forward to the opening. A young man, the Pueblo servant of Seguin, was ahead of the rest. He was impatient to reach the water. He had gained the mouth of the defile. When we saw him fall back with frightening looks, dragging at his horse and exclaiming, Mi amo, mi amo. Todavia son. Master, master, they are here yet. Who? inquired Seguin, running forward in haste, THE INDIANS, MASTER, THE INDIANS. YOU ARE MAD. WHERE DID YOU SEE THEM? IN THE CAMP, MASTER. LOOK YONDER. I PRESSED FORWARD WITH SEGUIN TO THE ROCKS THAT LAY ALONG THE ENTRANCE OF THE DEFILE. WE LOOKED CAUTIOUSLY OVER. A SINGULAR SIGHT MET OUR EYES. THE CAMP-GROUND WAS LYING AS THE INDIANS HAD LEFT IT. THE STAKES WERE STILL STANDING, THE SHAGGY HIDES OF THE BUFFALOES, AND PILE OF THEIR BONES, WERE STREWN UPON THE plain. HUNDREDS OF COYOTES WERE LOPING BACK AND FORTH, "'snarling at one another, or pursuing one of their number "'which had picked up a nicer morsel than his companions. "'The fires were still smoldering, "'and the wolves galloped through the ashes, "'raising them in yellow clouds. "'But there was a sight stranger than all this, "'a startling sight to me. Five or six forms, almost human, "'were moving about among the fires, "'collecting the debris of skins and bones, "'and quarrelling with the wolves "'that barked round them in troops.' Five or six others, similar forms, were seated around a pile of burning wood, silently gnawing at half-roasted ribs. Can they be? Yes, they are human beings. I was for a moment awestruck as I gazed at the shriveled and dwarfish bodies, the long, ape-like arms and huge, disproportioned heads, from which fell their hair in snaky tangles, black and matted. But one or two appeared to have any article of dress— and that was a ragged breech-clout. The others were naked as the wild beasts around them, naked from head to foot. It was a horrid sight to look upon these fiend-like dwarves squatting around the fires, holding up half-naked bones in their long wrinkled arms and tearing off the flesh with their glistening teeth. It was a horrid sight indeed, and it was some moments before I could recover sufficiently from my amazement to inquire who or what they were. I did so at length, "'Los Yamparacos,' answered the Sibillero. "'Who?' I asked again. "'Los Indios, Yamparacos, Señor," "'The diggers, the diggers,' said a hunter, "'thinking that would better explain the strange apparitions. "'Yes, they are digger Indians,' added Seguin. "'Come on, we have nothing to fear from them.' "'But we have something to get from them,' rejoined one of the hunters, "'with a significant look. "'Digger plew good as any other.' "'worth just as much as Pash Chief.' "'No one must fire,' said Seguin, in a firm tone. "'It is too soon yet. Look yonder.' And he pointed over the plain, where two or three glancing objects, the helmets of the retreating warriors, could still be seen above the grass. "'How are we going to get them then, Captain?' inquired the hunter. "'They'll beat us to the rocks. They can run like scared dogs.' better let them go poor devil said seguin seemingly unwilling that blood should be spilled so wantonly no captain rejoined the same speaker we won't fire but we'll get em if we can without it boys follow me down this way and the man was about guiding his horse in among the loose rocks so as to pass unperceived between the dwarfs and the mountain but the brutal fellow was frustrated in his design for at that moment El Sol and his sister appeared in the opening, and their brilliant habiliments caught the eyes of the diggers. Like startled deer they sprang to their feet and ran, or rather flew, toward the foot of the mountain. The hunters galloped to intercept them, but they were too late. Before they could come up the diggers had dived into the crevices of the rocks, or were seen climbing, like chamois, along the cliffs far out of reach. One of the hunters only, Sanchez, succeeded in making a capture. His victim had reached a high ledge, and was scrambling along it, when the lasso of the bullfighter settled round his neck. The next moment he was plucked out into the air, and fell with a cranch upon the rocks. I rode forward to look at him. He was dead. He had been crushed by the fall, in fact mangled to a shapeless mass, and exhibited a most loathsome and hideous sight." The unfeeling hunter recked not of this. With a coarse jest he stooped over the body and severed the scalp, stuck it reeking and bloody behind the waist of his cows and arrows. End of chapter 27